Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I am Graham. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, you know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. Uh, Griffo joins me here tonight, the chameleon on board with me. Uh, Shano, uh, unable to join us tonight, but um, gee, I reckon otherwise the both of us... engaged. Yes, otherwise engaged. Um, but uh, he um, hopefully will be back on deck next week as we start this Good run to the part finals. for the nation, for, that for is, foreign relations. That is that is right, yes. So, good on him. Um, yeah, yeah, good on him. Uh, he'll um, obviously um, hope to be back on board next week to talk a bit of footy with us. But uh, we've got plenty to talk about this week, mate. We've got uh, plenty of news happening around the NRL. We're going to talk about... Uh, the latest happening in the world of signings. Uh, if you're a Canterbury fan, um, obviously you know that we've got a lot to talk about with your club, uh, not only for next year and possibly even the year after, but immediate signings. We've got players uh, moving throughout the week. Uh, we've also got some other re-signings, key re-signings for other clubs. Uh, we've got to talk about the NRL. The NRLW started this past week, so we'll have a bit of a chat about that and talk about the games coming up this week. And uh, to tie in with that also, uh, in the NRL this week, it is women in league round. So plenty going on. There's uh, a lot happening in the world of uh, rugby league. So, um, yeah, the the fun bit also too, I suppose, this week with the the women in league round is, um, you know, you also have your teams wearing different jerseys and so on and so forth. So uh, definitely plenty to look out for this week in the world of rugby league. But... um, I think we might kick it off, Griff. I want to get your opinion on some of these things we've been hearing in the media about uh, some of the player movements and the player signings. Uh, it would probably be remiss of us not to talk, first of all, about the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, the first official signing um, that we heard of this week, uh, Liam Knight, effective immediately on an 18-month contract, game release from South Sydney. So he'll be starting with the Bulldogs straight away. Uh, also from South Sydney next year, they're adding Blake Taff. Um, and they've also got a new dog of the, the week gutted variety, uh, Jamin Salmon heading over to the dogs next year. Uh, just thoughts on these signings. It seems to be that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be that person, but, you know, Gus Gould's plan of building within seems to, to have a few people coming from uh, the outskirts as well. But uh, you can see Canterbury trying to build build a, a deep squad throughout the um, the next year or two? Well, he's trying to build from within, within Sydney. Um, <laughs> within the NRL. There was, there was a time that, <laughs> within the NRL, that's right. Um, yeah, there were a time where they were just the Bulldogs because uh, they uh, wanted to, you know, expand the brand, not, that's right, not yeah. just uh, have it in Canterbury and Bankstown. Uh, they were the Sydney Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're back to who they should be now, the Canterbury-Bunkstown Bulldogs. Um, yeah, look, I don't, if you're in charge of a club, you just want success. Um, yeah. 
this business of you know building from within um yeah it's 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 a nice ideal but if you haven't got in your in place uh the players to to make that happen then then you've got to bring guys in um it, it's interesting that some of the guys that well, the, one of the, the best local juniors they've had for the last decade uh, in Jake Avarillo is, is moving out. Um, but uh, look, it is what it is. Uh, they're, they're in the business of trying to move up the ladder. And to do that, you know, they've got to bring guys in. Um, the reality is that virtually the whole team is being brought in. Um, but... It, it doesn't matter to the fans whether they're local or not local. It, what matters to the fans is, is, is it win or is it loss. Um, and, and this year it's largely been losses. You know, they're sitting, uh, you know, what, what are they? Third last or something like that. Um, second last. Yeah. Second yeah. last now. Dragons overtook yeah. them, did they? Right. Yeah, four and against. Oh, four and against, okay. Them, so both on 16. Well... Second last, third last. Yeah, it's it's not where you want to be, and it's not where they <laughs> were expected to be this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, Realistically, they're expected the to move up the ladder. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Edge of the eight. I don't. I don't think any of us had them in the eight, but we're expecting them to to um, you know, win almost as many as they lose this year, and that that's not going to happen. Uh, they've had injuries and whatnot, but. And the bottom line is they haven't been good enough. They've tried to blood a lot, a lot of youngsters, and and I guess uh, you know some of those guys will will stand up over the years. Uh, Preston, I think, is a really good player, the second rower. And um, they've used a few outside backs. Mm. Um, yeah, Drake Preston. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, they, they they do have Stephen Crichton going there next year, and. Um, Originally, I, I know he was signed as a fullback, but I don't think it's his best position. I think for them, Blake Taff at fullback and Crichton in the centres um, makes sense. I think Taff has shown when he's had opportunity in the last month or so that uh, he is a very, very talented player. And um, I think he, he, if I was Bulldogs, he'd be my number one and I'd have Crichton in the centres. And it was a sign, Bronson Sherry as well. That's yeah. Um, I was gonna say that too. Yeah. I was gonna say Crichton and Sherry. If he, yeah. Bronson Sherry, I know he's been out a while, but if he shows the form based on the promise that he had at the Sharks, there, that could be a really dangerous centres pairing. Yeah, could be. Crichton, Crichton's, he's he's proven performer. He's he's um. He's a big game player. He's a representative player. Sherry, there's a big question mark on for a whole range of reasons. Um, so, I, you know, whether he, he will come through. And, well, yeah, he was a, a guy touted as, as, you know, the next big thing. Um, speed, power, well, you know, there might have been a couple of things helping that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, um, particularly whenever he goes anywhere in an away game. Um, the fans are going to be right into him. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be hard for him. 
But uh, yeah, we'll see. That's next year. Yeah, but they are they, on paper. You're like you know the squad is going to be pretty good next year mm. uh, on paper. You know, uh, not to not to labour the point and just to move on, but you know, it, I think the proof's in the pudding when they they start winning games because I feel like we we're saying the same thing this time last year. But who knows? Yeah, um, that's true, Graham. You know, we'll we'll have to see what what comes of it. There's also there's also a lot of talk. There's been some links with um, Jerome Luai possibly uh, joining when his contract is up. Um, this is a hard one to comment on because this is a combination of, you know, the Dogs being a team that's got a, con- you know, there's a connection to Penrith with the um, with the staff there and some of the players and also too um, a lot of talk that Luai could be one of the players possibly squeezed out of Penrith due to the... Um, the ongoing pressure of the salary cap as they, they produce more and more stars. Well, Penrith, have, I think, just signed Liam Martin. I don't know if it's in the official signings, but all the talk in the papers yeah. this week is... And it's not an official signing as yet. Um, I did read somewhere that it would be announced on Thursday. But uh, Martin's locked in for big money. Um, apparently, they're quite cl- close to re-signing Dylan Edwards on big dollars. Uh, they're talking good on him, he deserves it. 50. Yeah, he's big um, money. Well, it is big, but he's he's sort of been, uh, I guess, underpaid in terms of his performance over a number of years. So they probably feel as though he's you know, it, it's it's his time to collect. But you can't then have another guy because Fisher Harris is on big money. You got Nathan Cleary, who will actually be on less money next year than he is at the moment. He wanted to take a pay cut for this year. The NRL wouldn't let him. So he's actually going to be on less. I think he's going to be on... I think it might drop down to a million next year um, or just over a million, whereas at the moment he's the... reportedly was the second highest paid player in the game behind Kalen Ponga. So, um, but you got... As I said, uh, on big money... um, James Fisher-Harris, uh, Isaiah Yo was on quite decent money, as he should be. Um, uh, they, they Every year they seem to lose players. Like no, I'm not talking about just benchies. I'm talking about, you know, top of the, the tree players. Last year it was Kikau and uh, Appy. The year before it was Capewell and... Uh, Burton. Uh, next year it's Lenu and and Crichton. So yep. uh, the salary cap certainly bites when you're successful. Um, maybe in in some cases, uh, some some clubs maybe don't seem to bite quite as much. But um, but Penrith certainly it, it's bitten, um, and uh, and that's the price of success. So whether they can afford to keep Jerome Luai. He's obviously going to have to take unders from what he could earn on the open market. And, and you're yeah, talking, he is a potential $1 million uh, player. Now, he's not a million-dollar player at Penrith because he wouldn't have the money. Um, so he would, uh, he could you know, earn quite a bit more, probably in a few other clubs. Um 
and then it's up to him. Um, but I, it's going to be hard to see that, that they can keep him. Bulldogs would be a logical uh, mm. place with his connections to Coach Ciraldo and the fact that they've got, uh, you know, a lot of ex-Panthers there uh, as well with uh, Kikau Crichton, a very good friend of his. Um, Burton's there. Um, there's, yeah. Uh, so the connections are there. Um, so it wouldn't surprise if after November 1, uh, you know, we were, were to hear that maybe in 2025 he's wearing blue and white, but time will tell. Yeah, and 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 I don't know if it's a bit of an indication as to whether they're trying to pick up some good value players or bolster their depth a bit, but um, one thing I did see is that um, Dane Laurie is returning back to the Panthers on a one-year deal. Um, he's previously been at Panthers, gone to the Tigers and coming back. So uh, a bit of an interesting signing there. I'd imagine that would just be for a bit of depth. But um, also, too, in addition to that, looking to um, lock up some young talent with Maverick Gaia also extending as well. So uh, I'd imagine for the Panthers there, um, they're looking there, Griffo, at trying to I suppose build that depth because at a club like Penrith, depth is very important. We've seen that this year, last year, and the year before. I have a feeling that um, in October we'll do a podcast and I feel as though I might be um, commenting on how the depth of Penrith got them the three grand final wins in a row. It's, it's, it's quite possible. And I think what we were saying before with those players leaving and the salary cap squeezing out, it says a lot about their system what they're doing with the young players because there's also been some young players along the way that they've lost that people have said, oh, you know, they don't have the depth now, you know, with the Katoa going and all that sort of stuff. Um, seems seems to be they've got to be quite strategic and I think these two sides, especially Gaia, I'd imagine around the club, um, not only because of the last name but because of the promises shown in the lower grades, uh, I think uh, that would be... a uh, uh, I suppose it's something that Penrith fans would be applauding the re-signing of Gaia. Oh, absolutely. Um, Maverick Gaia, uh, I've not seen a lot of him play. I don't usually watch the... Um, well, I, I get there usually just before kickoff. Um, but he has played in a few trials and uh, was unfortunate last year where he... he he played really well in the trials, and then I think he broke his arm or something like that. So injury set him back. But the club obviously values him, um, even though he hasn't broken through for his debut yet, but by signing him to two more years. Um, I think his last contract might have been a two-year contract, and the Storm were, were going pretty heavy for him. Um, so he's happy there. They're happy to have him. and It'll be... Uh, be lovely to see another uh, MG run out in Panthers mm. colours. We, we both um, we've had a you know a few um, uh, meetings. Well, not meetings, but we've we've uh, had a few dealings with MD Oldie's dad over the years. A man who lives and breathes rugby league, and um, yeah, it'd be great, uh, great to, to see. Um, just on what you were talking about, I want to pay a big tribute to um, 
their head honcho in Matt Cameron, who um, Matt was, uh, he was a teacher also. Um, Matt was two years below me at school. He, he went to school, he was in my sister's year uh, at school. I don't know him real well, but I, like, I, you know, if I see him anywhere, I'll, I'll have a, a quick chat. Like I saw him at the grand final last year. He was sitting in the crowd watching uh, some of the earlier games and um, just had a chat to him, thanking him for the job he was doing. And um, then he just said, oh, look, you know, I, I just I just like to be in the background, which which he is, but uh, he's, he's done a phenomenal job. Mm. Um, being, you know, taken over from a high-profile guy in, in Gus Gould. And, and again, I got to, you know, pay tribute to Gus Gould um, because without his uh, input, the club pretty much would have folded. Uh, they were broke. Um, so while I don't always agree with what Gus Gould says or some of the decisions he made when he was at Panthers, um, the fact is that without him, uh, that there may well be no Penrith Panthers. So, um, so Matt Cameron, uh, he did a, he was at Penrith. He spent some time at Para, came back to the Panthers, and, yeah. and is now, um, you know, whatever Gus Gould's title was. Um, but he, I think, uh, I think he's technically at the moment. Is it right that he's the CEO of the Rugby League Club, um, of the football club? Because I uh, think he was uh, gen- general yeah, I forget manager. His title. He, the he's the head manager, honcho, and I think basically. they, yeah, then they promoted him because I um, think there was. Because he was an assistant coach at Para, and I think he's also been in a role where he's the high performance manager. But I, th- I think the best way to sort of describe it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is that he's responsible for sort of that alignment of the yep. the junior pathways in the NRL Definitely. program. So bringing the young players through and having that clear pathway, yep. which is what we often put down to their success. Exactly. just... Because just when we think that they're going to lose a game, the young players come in and fill the role. Just when we think they're going to lose superstars and fall down the ladder, the next lot of players come through and fill the role. So I, I reckon that you're right on the money there, mate. Yeah. So he's the guy, obviously, in conjunction with Ivan. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're still there. Um, head recruitment guy might still be uh, Jimmy Jones, who's been there for you know, decades, um, they work together very well. Unlike, of course, the Tigers situation where the coach and the recruitment managers actually don't talk to each other. But, um, but uh, yeah, they, they've got things planned years down the track. And I think the only time I've, I've heard Henry sort of uh, bemoan signing was uh, was when they lost a young Katoa to yeah. the Dolphins um, because obviously he was a guy that they had targeted as being a long-term uh, Panther um, but yeah you never really hear him when you know someone leaves the club they don't they don't uh, complain or anything just get on with the job yeah. um, but yeah uh, yeah, he's the brains behind that all. So well done him. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, someone to be applauded there and, and not a name you hear of very often uh, in in amongst that success there. So definitely worth a mention. Uh, there's also some other signing news. Um, the Dolphins have extended Tom Gilbert for another three years. So um, that's a good signing. I think that's a him. great signing. I'm so for impressed them. with that guy. Um, tragedy for him that he got injured. He's mm. been He was their best player. Uh, this year until until his injury, but I, I think he's a fancy. He's only about twenty two or something like that. He's he looks young. like he's yeah. forty two, but yeah, um, looks like he's... yeah, but he's, he's a very yeah. young man. So uh, he's a guy that they're building their club around. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's good, Gilbert. They, I, I think they're the type of he's the type of bloke that they're looking at him going. Let's sign him long term because by the time. We're getting to the end of that contract. He's one of the leaders at the club. He's one of those players yeah. that I can see the Dolphins sticking with, becoming a future captain. I think he's um he's a great player for them to have on board. Um, don't know if we mentioned last week when the news came out. We might be repeating ourselves here. Someone will let us know. Abby Corusel re-signing at Wests. I'm not sure if that happened before. Or after yeah. The podcast uh, or whether we mentioned I don't, that. I think that's happened within the last week. Yeah, I feel like it had too. I felt like a lot of the signing years last week was we were talking about the Fainu uh, brothers. So look, for the West Tigers, I know they've struggled and we often talk about their team on paper, but if you're going to have someone um, you know, in the side that you want to you wanna lock up, Appy Corrissio, he's the best player at that club. So um, Yeah, it's a, it's a show of faith really uh, from Appy. Um, because he's had, you know, he's had an ordinary year. Uh I don't mean form wise. I, you know, he's he still played well. Um, he's, you know, he had the injury. Uh, the team's been busted, um, and he's extended. Which, uh, uh, you know, he he's obviously got faith in what they're doing there. So, um, so that's a that's a good sign for the club, really. When a guy of that stature, who, you know, he, realistically, he he could have going to a number of clubs if he, you know, got sick of losing. Um, yeah. But he's he's shown faith. Yeah, you never know. He could, you know, he's he's he's, uh, he's already got three premiership rings and, you know, he's... That's he, true. <laughs> you know, he don't want to lose any more of them, so... How many fingers has he got, right? Yeah. But look, at 30, um, to sign on for another couple of years, uh, I'd imagine he'd be getting a good contract there. That's uh, I that's would good think news. so. For him, um, Dragons' immediate release to Moses and Bye. I thought, yeah, bye bye, yeah, bye bye and bye. That's sort of something we've been, um, you know, talking about them. Obviously, uh, looking to part ways for a while. Um, Joey Lusick coming back to the NRL to play with the Eels uh, from St Helens. The other news, I suppose, actually, I forgot to mention with the Dogs. We were talking about players coming back from England. It just uh, reminded me then. A lot of news. I don't think it's become official though, so we didn't have it on our official list. A lot of talk that Takiaho is going to come back from overseas and uh, join the the Bulldogs' former rooster. So yeah. that that'll be a very interesting one because Strange we very one. rarely see players go to England and come back. Usually, it's sort of they go there and they they finish up there, especially when they're at the um, you know, when they're in their thirties like Takiaho. So I don't know. For me, that's one of those signings where. Um, you get him at a good price, it's a really solid forward, but a lot of the reports are suggesting that he might be demanding a bit of coin, so 
Uh, it's a bit of a watch this space, I think. Yeah, it, that really is. That's uh, one that I did hear that one as well, but it's just a little bit surprising, really. Mm. Um, they've got to be shedding players to sign so many players. Like, um, you know, obviously the Englishman Thompson, who's who's commanding something like eight hundred grand a year, they'll be very keen for him to find another club or go back to England because you can't keep signing all these players. They've got a salary cap. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to wonder how they can make it all work, but you know that's that's for the um, that's for them to work out with their accounting. Uh, and finally, one signing when we're talking about a, a forward that definitely is a great signing for both player and club, uh, the twenty-six-year-old Tavita Totola, uh, South Sydney player. He has signed a four-year deal, so that's a great signing for both him and South Sydney. Um, we've talked a bit about him on the podcast here. And I don't, I know I'm, you know, I probably look at this a little bit closely and I feel it a bit more, but I don't think we'd make, make a big enough deal when, um, say, Totola's missing. He's had a couple of games he's missed through injury. Last week was one of them against Brisbane. And, you know, a lot of the talk in the media was how Latrell Mitchell was a late scratching and that cost them the game. Um, I think all the talk uh, in the media was Latrell, Graham. And really, when you look at the middle and what someone like Junior Totola does for South Sydney, you'll know why he has got this long-term contract. And for the South Sydney club, there are certain players that they've they've locked up long-term. We're talking the likes of... When I am say long-term, I'm talking to 2027 and beyond. He, he'll be there to, to 2028. So he currently has... He's the only player that's signed that long into the future. Um to give you a bit of an insight, there's a few players that are signed to 2027. That's Latrell Mitchell, Jack Whiten, and Campbell Graham. So that, I think, speaks volumes for just how important um, Tavita Totola is to this club. And basically, yeah, he's he's the prop forward this team's going to be built around going through the next three to four years. Massive signing. Um, and like you say, uh, they're not the same team when he's not there. Um, there was very little talk about him not playing last week. Uh, it was all Luttrell. Um So South Sydney will know that next time they take on the Broncos, um, their performance will improve with, with the likes of Totola uh, carting the ball forward and, and just giving more uh, stability to, to the middle of the field for, for the team. Um, and then, you know, we know what Luttrell can do but we talk you know it's been talked about a lot Luttrell um but uh, yeah not so much Tavita Totola um and that's because he's a prop yeah and uh not yeah. as polarizing the only the only there's, there's only, really only it. one prop that you hear a lot about and that's Payne Haas and that's yeah. usually because, you know, is he going to sign? He wants to leave. Is he gonna, who's he going to play for? Um, he, he commands more media space than any other prop. And, and it, look, he's probably the best prop. But uh, I think Tatola is just as important to the Rabbitohs as what Payne Ars is to the Broncos. Yeah. And, and look, you mentioned <laughs> last week there were some um, you know, key players missing for certain sides. There were some big games last week. Um, in in the 
the makeup of the top eight. We saw the Rabbitohs, as I mentioned, go down to the Broncos. So even with all those players coming back, couldn't get the job done. Massive win for the Warriors over the Raiders. That cements them, and I am saying cements them, well and truly in the top four. They are sitting in third with a bye this week. They'll come out of um, this round on 30 points. Massive for the Warriors. The Roosters hit back with a win. We saw an upset win to the Knights over the Storm. The Cowboys won again, pushing their claims for a top eight spot and making it difficult for the Eels. As expected, the Panthers um, did away with the Bronco, uh, the Bulldogs pretty easy. And we saw an interesting game with the Sharks and Seagulls where uh, Cronulla gave up this this lead. They just couldn't chase down. Um, and, and obviously on Thursday night in the first game, the, the Tigers yet again disappointing, uh, giving the Dragons the opportunity to uh, to get a win and really cement the, the Tigers at the bottom of the ladder there. But um, I'll be interested to see your highlight for the week. But just before we get into last week and get into Griffo's grab, just want to give everyone a quick update with the ladder because all of a sudden it's starting to get very, very congested. I don't know if you've got the uh, the ladder on your screen handy there, but um, you know, we normally talk about the green line this week, I think, for the uh, women it's in league purple round. Line. We've got the purple line, the, the theme on the website, which is great to see supporting... Uh, women in league round. Just a, just an update for everyone at home. We've got the Panthers first on for and against on 32 points. Broncos in second with a buy still in hand on 32 as well. So we'll see how that plays out. Not far behind them on 28, we have the Warriors, Storm and Raiders. And then this is where it gets really interesting. Sharks... Cowboys on 26, Eels, Rabbitohs 24. The Rabbitohs are now outside of the top eight. It doesn't seem like that long ago when they uh, had that win against Penrith and all of a sudden people were saying, and they went to the top of the ladder and people were saying, oh, they're premiership favourites. Uh, now were outside the eight. So, um, you know, it just shows that about, you know, a couple of months in footy can make a big change. But now all of a sudden we're starting to see, and I know it's going to be hard for some of these teams, but just below South Sydney, we've got only one point behind the Knights and the Seagulls on 23. Then you've got the Roosters and Dolphins on 22. Um, admittingly, when you look at this ladder, Griffo, the Cowboys, Eels and Rabbitohs still have a buy in hand which might be enough to pull them away from the likes of the Knights, Seagulls, and Roosters. But even if we look at that, those top nine teams, um, basically what we're looking at here is realistically either the Sharks, Cowboys, or Sharks, Cowboys, Parramatta, or South Sydney. There's four teams there with only three spots. That's how I'm seeing it at the moment. Is that how what you're thinking? We've got four teams there fighting for three spots? Well... Graham, um, how I see it is that uh, you mentioned a congested, a congested ladder, which it is, but because the Dolphins can say that they're only two points out of the eight. One win. Correct. So One win out of the eight. That's dangerous. Roosters likewise. Roosters. But there's no one who thinks 
the Dolphins can make the eight. I don't even think the Dolphins probably would think that. Um, the Roosters, I don't think too many people, again, think the Roosters are going to make the eight, even though they're only one win out. They do have a bad four and against. Um, but at least last week gave them a lifeline. Um, if they can beat the Broncos, yeah. it's a big if, then that whole narrative changes uh, because they started to show some form last week. I didn't see the end of the game. Um, I did see them go out to that big lead. Gold Coast apparently scored some late tries to to um, make it almost respectable. But um, but the Roosters look to be back in form. And if they can beat the Broncos, uh, and thus they won't enter the eight, but um, it'll just be in their own minds ticking over that actually, hey, guess what, guys? We can make the eight. Because the Roosters mm. at their best are capable of beating anyone. Because we haven't seen them at their best this year, but they're going to have to be at their best to beat Brisbane. Manly, um, I was listening to the podcast uh, today, last week's one, and uh, I, I had originally tipped Manly, and then um, we had a long discussion about how manly we were outside we the eight. Out of it. <laughs> no, well, no, no, yeah, in a sense, but, but sorry, right? <laughs> I'm the one that no, no, no. Like I'm the one that that uh, that made the change, um, and and they went on to win. Just I again, uh, I I saw most of the game and then. Uh, didn't see how close it got at the end, and I, I did watch the mini. Um, but they were good, Manly, obviously for about 70 minutes, and then they clocked off. They thought they were playing in the NRLW, which only does go for 70 minutes. Um, the Knights are a team that are starting to look good. They're only a point out to the eight, as are Manly. Um, Manly play the Dragons this week, so... You'd think they're going to win that. The Knights, a big game against the Raiders. They're in form. They beat the Melbourne Storm last week. Um, now, I missed the start of the game, uh, but the Storm apparently were uh, leading 12-0. I think when I first... Uh, and I was on my way to uh, the city, and uh, I was watching it on the screen. And uh, then I saw Tarek Sims get... Uh, Sinbin, and then the Newcastle Knights put on three tries in those 10 minutes and yes. deserve it winners. So they've beaten a, a team that's in the top four. Um, they had been winning but against poor sides, but uh, they're an informed team. I, I think they might have three on the trot now. Um, big game for them. If they can beat the Raiders, then they're really back in the haunt. The Rabbitohs sit as equal third favourite, according to one of those uh, betting agencies. I don't think we've ever seen a team running <laughs> right with only six <laughs> games left in a season to be such short odds, um, and and still thought of as as a, a you know a genuine contender. But they're not in the eight at the moment. Now that probably changes this week. 
uh, when they play the Tigers. Para, their position is starting to get shaky. Um, they're missing players. They're, uh, they had a bad start to the season. They put it all together and they were, they were going really well. And then uh, they lost some games that probably you wouldn't have expected them to lose, mainly because they, there was one week where they, they – I can't remember who beat them, but it was, it was a crap team. And uh, it was when they had their origin players out. And, um, and that was two points that they would ordinarily have won. I can't remember who it was. But uh, it, I think it was the same week South got beat by the Bulldogs. Um, but they're in a really precarious position, Parra, because they've got a tough draw. Um, if they make the eight, they'll have done very well. Cowboys, uh, the form team of the competition, they've won their, well, their last, well, they only show you the form four zero, but they might have won more than four in a row. Uh, they were gone. They were down near the bottom and they're just strong wins together. It's not just the fact that they're winning, it's how they're winning, how they're playing. They're a threat to the top four. Um, even though, they, again, they've got a couple of hard games, but I really think they'll be in the eight. Sharks are on the skids. Um, I'll be surprised if they make the eight. Raiders have got a decent draw. They'll they'll certainly be in the eight, and they're, they're going to challenge the top four with the draw they've got. Storm are the storm. We we think they're going to be top four, but yeah. they they're um you know they they didn't uh, they wouldn't have expected to lose to the Knights. Huge game, Para v the Storm this week. Um, a Para victory. And uh, the Storm start to be, well, you wouldn't think they're going to make the top four. A power loss, and you think probably, well, power will fall out of the eight, and uh, maybe they stay out of the eight. Warriors on fire. They're playing bottom teams over the next six weeks. You mentioned they got the bye this week. They look like they're almost certainties for the top four. Broncos are... They're, look, they're, they're a premiership threat. Go School doesn't think they're going to uh, do it. Um, he's paid to have an opinion. Uh, it upset the Broncos coach. Um, the reality is the Broncos are right in this competition. Um, and they will be in the top four. And uh, if they can win that first uh, game, they got home game in Brisbane um, they're they're right in the mix and Penrith well they've 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 done well um, there were certainly uh, a lot of thoughts that you know this uh, was going to be a tough year for them uh, they didn't start the season too well um, a few narrow losses including the game against St. Helens but in the last, uh, well, they're 4-0 and in their last four games. I think the game before that was the the golden point loss to the Cowboys when they uh, had their origin players out. So uh, they're in form. Um, they look good on uh, on Sunday for most of the game. They, they let their foot off the pedal towards the end. Uh, if they beat the Sharks this week, um, 
you'd expect that they're pretty much wrapping up a top four spot. Um, I think they will. And uh, I think for me, the top four looks like Penrith, Broncos, Warriors. And I dare say, I think the Raiders might, uh, with their draw, um, they might be a top four team as well. But they're one of those teams you can't sort of bank on them. You expect they're going to win, and then they don't. Um, I think the Cowboys are a big threat to them, and, and uh, I'm not I'm not looked too closely at the Storm draw, but of course they're in the mix. Do you think the Rabbitohs can make the top four, Graham? They're going to have to win every game from here on in. Every game, yeah. That to, to be a chance. Um, the top four. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll be stoked if they make the eight. Um, oh, they'll make the eight. Like the, they'll make the eight. You know, I, I think it's one of those games where there's a, the, the draw. It's not the worst in the world. The Rabbitohs. They've got, you know, a buy still in there. This week's a a really good opportunity for them to to put some points on the board. As you said, they look, they played the Tigers this week. They play the Sharks, who I feel like are on the slide. Then they come up against the Dragons. Um, they play the Knights in Newcastle, which could be a bit of a danger game. They, they've, they've played some good footy. They've got a bye. And then at the end of the year, they're at home to the Roosters in that final round. And even if the Roosters are out of contention, um, that game's always meaning something to them. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a win. They'll have to win all the games and hope other results go their way. It is not impossible but it's not probable. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I yeah think... Like you say, Graham, they, they could win every game and still not make the top four. Correct. And, and it really does depend on, you know, other teams around them like the Storm and the Raiders. Uh, we mentioned, we have mentioned that the Raiders, their run home, they do. And, and, and look, to put it into context, we were talking about the Raiders run home in the context of, making the top eight, not just, not just the top four, you know, the other week, and we're thinking, oh, geez, like the Raiders have the Knights, the Tigers, um, and then they've got the Storm, which is a tough one. I wouldn't expect them to win. I'd expect them to beat the Bulldogs, and then they play the Broncos, um, right. and then... Okay, that's the, a little bit tougher than I thought, the games against the Storm the and the Broncos, yeah. Final round, they play the Sharks, which... Right. You know, so they've got, they got a I few think tough the ones in might there. Be out of it by then. Yeah, I think losing... Yeah, well, and that's another tough one. You know, the Sharks, they're... Um, I've, I've, I thought this time last week the Sharks were going to be one of those teams that I was pretty confident would make the eight but get knocked out if they're in the bottom half of the eight in the first week. Um, but now looking at the Sharks, I mean, the Sharks have Penrith this week, South the week after... They then have the Titans, but then they've got the Cowboys, Knights, Raiders. There's some pretty tough games for them. Even that, those games against the Knights and the Raiders, they have to be at, in their best form. And I'd imagine, based on what we've seen this year, the Panthers and the Cowboys would do away with them. Um, and if South are serious about making the, uh, oh, the finals in a run, they, they, they should beat them. So it's... Um, there's a lot to go on still this season. Uh, the Storm were another team you mentioned in there. Um, the Storm played Parramatta this week. That's a huge game for Parramatta. Huge and we game. know that Parramatta have a history of upsetting the Storm when there's 
um, something on the line. The Storm then travelled to Penrith. I, I I can't see the Storm coming away with that one from with a win. The Raiders is a tricky game. I'd imagine they'd beat the Dragons and the Titans. But round 27 at Suncorp, on form at the moment, if um, all things are the, the same in a month's time, I'd imagine the Broncos are beating the Storm. So well, That's a tough, tough draw for the Storm. They've got some games there that you, you can't lock all those in as wins for the Storm. No. Um, I'll be honest with you, the team that I actually think is a, um, I'm not going to say a lock, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident with how they're playing at the moment. Um, I like the Cowboys. I really they do. Good, and they're, but they've still got, they've got a tough run, but they're the type of team that if anyone's going to trouble other sides, um, I'm, I'm thinking that they've got it in them. They've got a lot of points in them. And th- this is where, when it comes to the finals, they could be the type of team that could worry the, the Broncos and the Panthers, who I've got at the moment, oh, as no the, doubt. The, the two no teams, doubt. because they've got a lot of points in them. But we'll see we'll see them play those teams going into the finals. The Cowboys play the Titans, Broncos, they've got a bye, Sharks, Dolphins, Panthers. Keeping in mind, and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping in mind being realistic here, if the Panthers are in the top two come round 27... I wouldn't be surprised if they rest some players. So, I'd be surprised, Graham, if they if they didn't rest them. Yeah. Um, if they're if they're definitely top two, um, and nothing can change, um, then they will rest their players. I've got no doubt. Uh, but they're they're no certainty be, to be you know in that position. No. Um, certainly, they look like they're going to be top two. But if they were to drop a game, um, you know, game a couple of games, and they got some some tough ones, um, yeah, I, I think they'd want to finish top two. Uh, we saw it last year; they went up to Townsville with a reserve grade team, um, and and they sort of, you know, those guys had a go, but you know, the Cowboys it was a gift two points for them. Mm. But again, Coach Cleary. Looking at the long game, not you know, not what was happening on that night, and it, and it you know, it freshened them up. Uh, they came, beat Para, had the week off, um, and uh, beat Souths, and then beat Para again in the in the grand final. So uh, they certainly were rested and fresh. Come the first Sunday in uh, in October. It's a recipe for success, and I think they'll go that way again if, they, if they're in that position to do so. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of this talk about the, um, the ladder and where everyone sits and so on and so forth, a, a week is a long time in football. I mean, when you add the buy for the Warriors and just say you've got, you know... Say you got the favourites winning this week, you know. All of a sudden, Souths are back to seventh, and you know. But the the Eels could be the if the Eels don't get up this week, they could be the big team to drop this week. Um, given the fact that Manly play the Dragons, uh, given the fact that the Dolphins play the Bulldogs, you know, Parrot could find themselves below. Manly and the Dolphins by the end of the round, all the way. The Eels could be as low as the as 11th by the end of this round. That shows how tight that middle there is. So 
Yeah, now, I think they're, they're good for and against, Graham, probably keeps them above a few of those teams, even if they do win. Um, Roosters that, and the Dolphins, both very poor, big negatives, uh, whereas Paris plus 89. Yeah, true, actually. Yeah, you're right. You, no, you are right there, sorry. You are. They, 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 they're for and against is far superior. And that's an interesting thing to, not to, this is just the last point I want to make, um, that I think makes it hard. I mean, they're going to hype this game and we might even do it as well just as a, you know, as part of our role here to promote the game, hype the game tomorrow night as the Roosters' last shot to make the finals. Realistically for me, with a minus 88 for and against, not only are they having to win pretty much every game, they're going to have to make up a massive deficit. I think with the minus 88... I, I I don't think the Roosters can make the eight. Mathematically, yeah, but I, I just think it's going to be a bit too far, especially when you look at the likes they're coming up against. And that's also what makes Canberra's position so phenomenal as well. To be sitting in fifth on a minus 56 for and against, that's it's just about unheard of. Yeah, the, their biggest win, I think, it's been well documented. It was a 10-point victory, I think, against the Dragons a few weeks ago. Um, Canberra need to sort of keep winning because if they don't, with that poor for and against, that's really going to drive them right down the ladder. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to make the eight. Um, but, uh, yeah, games like this week against uh, a side who are still in the running are very, very important. Um, they can basically kill off the night season uh, and and uh, a win this week, and they've probably only got to win one more after that to make the uh, eight. Um, but it's so interesting. So interesting. And that's why it upsets... Uh, we we thought you know it was a it was a nine horse race last week, yeah. Um, but we saw some upsets. We saw Manly upset the Sharks. We saw the Knights upset the Storm, and the Roosters. Um, was it the Titans they beat? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not so much of an upset, but kept the Roosters. We weren't uh, sure about that it, one. We were kind of... No, I wasn't at all. Uh, yeah. I think I actually backed the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, whenever I back the Titans, it's, it's very rare they win and, and, and yeah. vice versa. But, <laughs> yeah, it's... You know, they're, they're in a bit of an enigma, really, the Titans. They promise so much and deliver little. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, but no, uh, I, I just think... I think the Knights are the team to just keep an eye on. Um, I wouldn't put it past them to beat the Raiders this no, week. Oh, I give them every chance um, in the form they're in. Yeah, and with the Eels having a really tough game, we could find the Knights above the Eels, you know, and the Eels go down, sorry, to 10th, probably not 11th, mm. but 10th by the end of the round. So a lot of movement possible there. Um, and look, that's, that's plenty to look forward to, but just before we get too far into next week, might as well look back at um, last week and see... What grabbed your eye and um, head over to you for Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! Uh, Reese Walsh. Mm. 
Um, Shit is good. <laughs> I, I had a look at... Uh, I wanted to see the stats uh, before. Um, and, yeah, he did well stats-wise. But uh, it wasn't the stats that, that grabbed my eye. It was the performance where he was uh, brilliant in attack. Um, he, uh, he won, I, 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 I don't know if he won man of the match or not, but he was my man of the match. Um, he just tore South to shreds a few times. Um, he's got an amazing amount of uh, mixture of pace, skill, unpredictability and uh, he, he was pretty good at the Warriors when he was there um, and, and you could see the talent but he's gone to another level uh, in coming back to the Broncos which was uh, where he came through before the Warriors signed him I, I'm, I'm looking at the attendance 8,931 I think it hold was that it hold about ten, so yeah, whatever it is. I mean, it's either way, just it just defies any sort of sense to me that this game was played at that ground. Um, yeah. South giving up a home game to go to basically the other team's home. Um, I, I don't understand it. Uh, there must have been obviously a reason, you know, whether the Sunshine Coast people give South a lot of money to do it, because it's not the gate. They get double that, probably more than double that, if they had played it at, at a core um, or yeah. uh, or somewhere, somewhere else, in Sydney, somewhere in the, Sydney. I, I know there's yeah, you know, the World there's Cup and all World that's Cup, but they could have and they can't play at home. They could but... have found a ground in Sydney. To to make it more okay. of a home game, um, I'm I've I've got to think. Sorry to cut you off. I've got to think. The only no, logic right. I can put with this is that because you know all of the away games, the World Cup. We haven't really talked about the the Women's World Cup being the the factor, and um, I, I kind of the other day neglected to to connect the dots with why all of these uh, regional games are happening right now. Uh, obviously, with the, the Women's World Cup um, and, say, stadiums like Accor Stadium being one of the main stadiums, um, you know, a team like the Rabbitohs won't be able to play there for the next few weeks because there's, there's uh, World Cup matches being played there, and fair enough. I understand that gets priority. The only logic I can put to this is that it was put down that during the World Cup that South would have a home game and they'd take that one to the Sunshine Coast, that... There'd be another game at Cairns, another game at Perth, so on and so forth. And then when the NRL's done the draw, they've said, well, this round you're playing that team. That's the only way I can logically do it, that these games were put in the calendar as South Sydney home games, and then it's come out in the draw and the NRL or whoever has put that together. Yeah, just... I'm, I'm hoping that's the case because it's... At the end of the day... You don't want to keep saying this, but you go, oh, okay. It, it, you, um, you will never hear anyone say it's only two points. 
Because at the moment, that two points is the difference between them being in the eight or not. Yep. The SCG, like, that could have been used. Mm. Anyway. There's got to be some money. Um, There's got to be some NRL incentive and money. But anyway, back to... Reese Walsh, Walsh, getting back to Walsh. As I said, it's not his stats. Um, I'll just try and find... I did look at his stats. He had the most running meters, 208. Um, He made a couple of big breaks that... uh, contributed one in particular how do you score that try i think it was alex johnson put him out just uh before the line yeah. it would have been one of the all-time great uh solo yeah, tries yeah. Uh, yeah. uh well done johnson for i think johnson came back at him to make that tackle um just having a bit of trouble with my screen trying to move the stats across Anyway, there was a couple of try assists, number of uh, line breaks, etc. He was dynamic. That's that's why he got to. That's what caught my eye. He seems to do it every week, um, and he's gaining confidence. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was outstanding in the two games he played in Origin. Um, Phenomenal. He he's the the form fullback at the moment. Correct. Oh. I was actually going to ask you that, and I think he is too. I think he's, with all that talk about Teddy and Origin and, you know, obviously end of the year, people talking, um, you know, we always talk kangaroos at the end of the year. He'll have the opportunity to play in the finals where Teddy won't. It'll be very interesting to see there. Another implication, I know you mentioned right at the top of this um, that Walsh, you know, you weren't sure if he got man of the match. It's always hard to know who gets man of the match these days because they don't have the interview. Well, they, they're not allowed afterwards. to talk to him now. They won't talk. No. So, but I'm I'm actually I'm actually going to tout something here. I actually think that Reese Walsh. This is going to sound odd, but you'll get what I'm saying. Reese Walsh could cost Adam Reynolds a, a Dally M this year because Adam Reynolds has been really good for Brisbane. They're winning most weeks. But I feel like because he has been so good, he's taking points off him. And I, I have a feeling that the points with the Brisbane games might be split between those two and they might be sort of taking points off each other when it comes to, to, to yeah. Dally M and it might impact on their ability down the track. You also uh, got Payne Haas in that mix, Graham. Payne Haas too. That's exactly Harry right. And that's, and that's, uh, where and that's what happens when you've got a great side. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying this to a Penrith fan yeah. over the last couple of years. But... And that, but not to go too far away from Walsh, but it's just before I forget it. I actually think this might open up a possibility. We haven't talked about the, the Dally M a lot in recent weeks. Given the form of the Warriors, I'm actually now starting to to get on board. I'm thinking Sean Johnson might be a fair crack at this award. Yeah, he will. I, um, I, I'd keep an yeah. eye on him. I expect to. So that's if it goes ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, Reese Walsh, um, from the point of view of a, a, a fan watching and hoping the other team was going to win, obviously, I'd, the amount of times I was just thinking, oh my God, mind-blowing. He tore the Rabbitohs to shreds. Um, he is that X-Factor player. And look how come finals, because if Brisbane are within a try and they're looking for something... He's a young man with the confidence to, to have a crack. He'll 
he he's one of those I'll I'll get the job done or I'll die trying kind of guys. He'll he'll throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. I don't think he's um going to go into his shell. And he's an absolute no, star. I don't think he has his shell. No. And when we look at the style of play we've got here, um it really complements each other, Brisbane there. You've got that stability in the halves of your Adam Reynolds. You've got that strong power through the middle. Like through the middle, I've said it before, Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan combining through the middle early in a set is the best go-forward game in the comp. And then you've got a bloke chiming in around one of the most... You've got one of the most experienced halfbacks in the NRL and Adam Reynolds... And then this 21-year-old bloke that just wants to pop up and be an excitement machine and play football. We have had players in the past come through at 21 years of age, set the world alight, be these absolute superstars with no fear, and they go on to be absolute legends. Um, this this guy could be the, the Queensland fullback for the next 10 years. He is that good. So, I yeah, keep an eye on, keep an eye on him because he's only... He's only just turned 21 this month. That's scary. That is very scary. So mm. I think, um, yeah, uh, if, if, if you're around the water cooler this week and someone says I don't rate Reese Walsh, um, don't talk to them about footy again because they've got no idea what they're talking about. The guy's been in great form. He's going really good. So, um, yeah, Reese Walsh, highly deserved. Now, while something in that game caught your eye on the positive side, we don't often do this anymore, We, but I feel like we had to crack it out this week. Um, it was actually something in this game, and um, there was a close second, which also came from a Brisbane player, but not in this game, which is an interesting thing, but I'll let you know what, uh, what I'm talking about in a moment. <laughs> Okay, so this week we, we couldn't go past this one. Um, this is a genuine bona fide gaff. Marty Tapao the other night in the um, the Broncos game against the Rabbitohs, he got Simbin. Uh, I think he's going to end up with about three weeks on the sideline. But uh, I, I think they, the NRL and the, the judiciary, the match review committee, I think the official term is dangerous contact. It was very dangerous. Um, I suppose you'd call it lifting the knees, lifting the foot. He made contact with Campbell Graham. Um, I suppose with the, the foot got to the thigh, the knees got to the chest. So uh, for any Rabbitohs fans out there wondering if Campbell Graham, Graham's sternum's any good, uh, Marty Tapao gave it a fair test. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you're... If you're fans of ours, you're, you're a big rugby league tragic, you would have seen this. Um, my honourable mention, though, is also from a Brisbane Bronco. Ashley Werner in the um, NRLW. Don't, not sure if you saw this one, Griffo. Been a long time since I did see this one, yeah. Yep. Sent off and suspended for biting. So I'm just going to call the Brisbane Broncos discipline this week in both the men's and women's game. Um Couple of good old fashioned gaffes there. Thoughts first of all on the um, the Marty Tapao incident. Well, he should have been sent off. Why he wasn't sent off, I, I don't understand. Um, it was clear intent 
to raise the knee and make contact with the defender, with Campbell Graham. Now, how is that not a send-off? Uh, I guess we've got to ask uh, the referee, but more to the point, the guy who has a little bit of time to uh, have a look at a replay, and uh, who I'm not sure who it was in, in the uh, in the bunker, but uh, they got it wrong. That, that was a clear send-off, and obviously, you know, he's he's taken an early uh, three weeks as opposed to, I don't know what he would have got if he found, we couldn't have been found innocent. Um, if you're going for three weeks, that's worthy of uh, however long a game has left. And that was in the first half. And uh, you think if the Broncos were reduced to to 12 players for the uh, entirety of that game that they would not have won. Um, we saw it the week uh, previously with uh, RC Nee. I thought he should have been sent off as well. Um, yeah. I think both cases were quite clear that, and they both caught reasonable suspensions. Um, I thought a little bit light for for Depau. Um yeah, I, I just thought it was crazy. Uh, it, was, it was a strange running style, you know, what he was trying to do. Um, yeah, I said to you off air before, it, it almost looked like he, he tried to put on a goose step and he got it wrong. But Yeah, well, there was, was a lot of goose in it. I don't know how much step, but... <laughs> So like this is a bloke that's played a lot of football. We yeah. know Marty Tapao. We know what he's capable of. We know his hard hitting style. We know that I don't know this it's a couple of years ago he was running with intent and he had this steal about him and I, I I'm I'm just not sure. It's not something that we would necessarily associate with him. I, I think in all fairness, um it was an ultimate brain staff. It was not a good one. Um, and look, you learn more from a bad experience than a good one. I highly doubt that Marty Tapao is going to be doing anything other than just running hard and putting his um his body first in the um the NRL from from now on. But um, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the chatter has been whether he should have been sent in and and uh, should have been sent off. Sorry, he did get sent in. Should have been sent off. Um. And, 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 you know, this is... I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but this is where people start to compare and and look at, you know, is it apples and apples, oranges and apples, and so on and so forth. I think Campbell Gillard... Um, what did he get? Four weeks to power three. Well, he got three. I think he took the early. Yeah. I think he so, would have got four if he challenged yeah. it. So you're looking at similar sort of territory there, but um, Ashley Werner in the NRLW... Uh, this was another brain snap. Two games. Yeah. Do you think, first of all, thoughts on the two games there and is the fact that it's a shortened season impl- like impacting on that? I think so. Um, so it's a percentage of the season she's missing, so to speak, rather yeah. than it being two matches. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, think, where does biting rank in regards, like, is that sort of, because it, it was sort of one of those things I feel like, you know, growing up and watching the footy, and if someone bit, that was the, you know, it was almost the ultimate no-no. Like, there was high tackles and things like that, 
And then you had this next tier that didn't happen very often, which was like your your trips and your biting. And um, interesting, you mentioned trips, Graham. That that used to be a send off uh, suspension. Yes. Now it's uh, a fine. Um, yeah, and you don't even really get uh, sin bin for trips now. Um, I gouges was the. One. Yeah, eye gouges. Yeah. Eye gouges was one that uh, guys would get basically a season for um, back in the the days when uh, Jim Coleman's took over the judiciary and, and literally suspended guys for 12, 13 months. Um, guys like Bob Cooper, Les Boyd uh, come to mind as as guys that got that sort of length of suspension um St. George halfback Steve Lenane uh did an eye gouge on Brandy um he copped a very long suspension um probably the most recent one in that category would have been one we talked about here on the podcast not long ago was um And that was George Burgess. I had to think then which of the twins it was. I think a few years ago, he got nine matches for eye-gouging Robbie Farrer. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. But, yeah, like, relative, like, these guys were copping virtually, uh, like, 12 months. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I think deliberate knees... A knee can do a lot of damage to a, to another human, um, especially when you're 100 plus kilos. Um, I I think it, it was light on. Um, I think more around the five six week uh, would be more appropriate. Um, neither player who copped the knees was really injured. Um, when there is an injury, they do tend to load up more on the suspension, um, yeah. which I, I think is fair enough. Um, but there's got to be a disincentive. Um, we've seen a few players raising the, the, the knees and attack. Suwali is one that comes to mind. None yeah. of his were as crazy as uh, Tapao's, but... Um, if he did cop a suspension, it wasn't until the second or third time that he did it. <coughs> He's not the only one. There were one or two others as well who sort of got warnings. Um, but yeah, I, th I think uh, we don't want to see it. Um, no. And you neither, don't want to see players too lying down to... You don't want to see players lying down too to, to try and influence the... Um, the referees as well, like you know, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, Campbell Graham got up, he was fine, which is great. That's great for for Campbell and and everyone involved. But you know, if he lies down and goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm crooking that," that the bunker looks at it X Y Z. I mean, we saw an instance a week or two ago where there was nothing going to be done, then there was a penalty. The bunker looked at it a couple of times, and um, after a, a few more replays. You know, and five minutes down the track, when they realised that the player was severely injured, they said, "Oh, geez, we should sim bin this guy." Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was an opportunity 
obviously for 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 us um a send-off but what we're also seeing too is the um it's almost like the match review committee are then backing the referees going yeah it wasn't as bad as you know the the, the punters in in tv land and you know around the water cooler want to want to say so it's um yeah it's just another it's just another one in the you know in in the vault there but from brisbane's point of view um Marty Tapao missing for a few weeks, so um, bit of an impact on depth there. He has been a player that's uh, that's come on the bench and uh, impacted on their depth. All right, well we might actually start to look at some of the games that are happening this week, uh, Griffo, just to because we do have some big games, but just to see who you're keen on tipping and um, what you think is going to happen. So it's time for our uh, two minute tip and round just round twenty two. Goes quick, round 22 Goes. preview. All right, there's the whistle and the kickoff for our two-minute tip, round 22 preview. Uh, as we're recording this, um, we're a bit after 9 o'clock on Wednesday night, so we're less than 24 hours from the Broncos-Roosters game. Um, so just having a quick look here at the, um, the squads, I'm just looking very closely. Victor Radley... Named at lock, Brendan Smith at hooker for the away team. Um, Jake Turpin still listed there on the bench. Okay, yeah, just making sure there aren't too many um, aren't too many changes there. Obviously, Marty Tapao coming out of the Brisbane side as we uh, we mentioned um, earlier, but. Um, Yeah, not a lot of changes here, I suppose, to uh, the Broncos. Um, we know that Marty Tapao is suspended, but you've got a red-hot team here. They'll be full of confidence coming off that game against South Sydney. The Roosters, though, showed some promise last week. Their talk this week will be um, win our games, the results will take, out, take care of themselves. Whether they can make the finals or not, uh, when you're still some sort of chance with five weeks to go, you you, you got to believe that you're a you're a possibility there. This game here um, tomorrow night, Griff, I just did want to mention to um, fans, it will take place at the Gabba up in Brisbane. What are your thoughts on this one, um, Broncos Roosters? Big game. It's a huge game. Um, earlier in the day, I was thinking. Uh, I might tip Roosters because Broncos uh, got a few out. Um, I didn't realize at the time that, that Flegler was back. Uh, I was assuming he was still going to be out. Uh, it's a pretty good forward Yeah, pack. he's there. Number eight. I didn't notice uh, that. Yeah, yeah big, so we got Flegler. Big in. And Haas up front. Capo. Pat Carrigan's playing in the second row, which we don't normally see. we got Palacia. Palacia at uh, lock, yeah. Playing lock. Um they come up against, uh, uh, again, a very good pack in uh, Weir Hargreaves, Smith, Collins, Butcher, Butcher, Radley. Um, this team on paper. Yeah, it's uh, on paper <laughs> the Roosters look pretty good. Uh, it's a good They'll win display. the paper cup. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, apart from the halfback, it's, it's probably the best back line they can out there so um, 
Uh, it is in Brisbane. It'll be interesting, you know, they're playing at the Gabba, um, so the, uh, they're going to have to get their bearings uh, right on the, on the big circular field as mm. opposed to rectangular. <laughs> um, but the Roosters, uh, you know, played a lot of games at the SCG over the last few years, so... Um, it's a toughie. Um, I'm going to stick with the Broncos, but I do really think the Roosters can win this. Season on the line, they did return to some good form last week. I'll, I'll just stick with the Broncos, but it's not going to surprise me at all if the Roosters uh, can can get the two points here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, But anyway, I'll stick with the, the favourite. Yeah, you make a good point there because I'm I'm almost keen to argue here that the Roosters have more to play for. The Broncos are well entrenched in the top eight. They've they're playing finals football. They've already got enough points there on the board. They've got to buy up their sleeve. Uh, they could lose all their games from here on in and still finish on thirty four points, which is very respectable. A um, few tidbits here I wanted to point out. Uh, which I thought was very interesting and something that I wasn't aware of until I had a look at the stats this week. Daniel Tupu is only one try off breaking the all-time record for the most tries for the Roosters. So that's the most tries for this club um, in their entire history since 1908. So he's currently equal with Anthony Minicello, 139. Every possibility he could break that this week. Uh, and it shows the, the form of the Roosters and their success in recent years. There's only eight players in the Broncos side that have had a win over the Roosters. So, you know, I know that's a bit of a shit stat, but it just shows that we're so used to the Roosters being a quality team. We also know that late last year, I think it was an eight on the trot they put together to make the finals, and then um, they were knocked out in round one of the finals uh, at home on Simbin Sunday, as it's now known oh, as yeah, Sydney. Of so we, we know that they've got possibly a big run at the end. Many are saying that they could be building for that big win, uh, that big run and that, that, that lead into the finals. Whilst I think this is going to be a tough game and I think the Roosters are going to have a great afternoon, I just think the Broncos are going to get there. I think the players we mentioned before, I think um, Adam Reynolds and Reese Walsh, Adam Reynolds is going to provide the structure. Reese Walsh is going to provide the danger. I've also been saying to people throughout the week this week, whilst people might not say that Tony Staggs or Herbie Farnworth are the best centres in the league, I'm actually starting to um, push for the fact that they could very well be one of the best um, centre combinations in the NRL. I think they're in great form. I think around that half... Uh, spot is where they're going to win it. I think Adam Reynolds is going to control a game and someone like Sandon Smith, uh, whilst he shows a lot of promise, I just don't know if he'll be able to control a game. Um, Ezra Mann compliments Reynolds so well with that running game. Um, a lot of pressure is going to be on Luke Keary and Tedesco this week if they are going to get the win. I'm tipping the Broncos in this one, but I think it's going to be an absolute belter. <laughs> 
Second game of the round uh, on Friday will take us to Tamworth. This is a West Tigers home game. They will be hosting the Rabbitohs. Uh, team news in this one. Um, Luke Brooks back from a hamstring injury. This is massive news for the West Tigers. He's been out since round 15. Um, Charlie Staines is also back on deck. Uh, Junior Tupus to the centers. That pushes Tommy Talao out. Bloor also back from a quad injury. Uh, so he'll be on the bench alongside Twall. Um, James N. Smith also on the bench there. I, I just keep feeling as though when we're talking about teams winning the Paper Cup, um, this is another team on paper that's uh, that, that should be doing better. Some key ins for the Tigers this week. The Rabbitohs last week were disappointing despite welcoming back um, a, a lot of first-grade regulars. As I mentioned, Tevita Totola still unfortunately out for them, but they've sort of shuffled their forward pack a little bit. This week you'll see Jai Arrow in at number eight at prop. Um, their back row, Kalama and host this week. The big news, obviously, though, is that um, Latrell Mitchell is back in fullback, which uh, has a lot of implications for this team. You'll also notice that on the bench this week, if they are to run out 1-17, to that uh, Jed Cartwright this week being favoured over young Talis Duncan, who did get a run last week. Griffo, a lot of people would be expecting um, the Tigers to struggle against the Rabbitohs. Um, Jeez, the bookies are. I, I wish I had the confidence of sports bet to think that the Tigers should be paying uh, close to $9 to win this game. Um, a lot of people would be expecting South to win this one. Interested on your thoughts here because the Tigers do welcome back some players and um, we know it could be a, a tricky one for the Rabbitohs. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that South will win. Um but I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Um, yeah. You know, if this was the first game of the season and, and you had these two 17s lining up, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tip South, but I'm going to think that they, they're going to be in for, you know, a bit of a game. Um, th- that Tigers pack is a strong one. Um the backs, uh, you know, the, defensively um, is where the problems are. And and obviously with South pretty much back to full strength in their back line, I think they'll probably, they, they will they will score tries. And, and, and it's just a matter of how many the West Tigers can create of their own. Um, I don't think it'll be enough. Um, I do think South win, but I, I don't think it's going to be a landslide. Um, we'll, we'll see. South would expect to win and and uh, win well with the likes of Cody Walker uh, and Latrell in the back line together. Um, South, but uh, not not by as much as maybe the the uh, the sports people uh, have have the betting. Think they might win, uh, Graham. Yeah, I, I'm tipping a South Sydney win here, as you'd imagine. But I'm with you. I'm um, I'm very wary about this game. My biggest concern is um, 
just South Sydney over the past six to eight weeks, they've leaked a lot of points. There have been too many games for South Sydney come out of it and they've conceded over 30 points. Um, that's that's become common for South Sydney to concede 30 points. We, we often talk about their, their attack, the strike weapons, the likes of Mitchell combining with Walker, which I think this week will uh, boost their attack. But they've also got to stop that um, the attack of the other teams as well. So... I feel like this is a bit of a bit of a danger game for them in a sense that um, they're coming up against the Tigers uh, team that's bringing a few players back in. Very interesting to see this week how much Latrell Mitchell frees up Cody Walker. Also very interesting to see um, the role that Lachlan Ilias plays this week. Uh, I think... I, I can't remember, and I think that the talk during the week from the stats people, was that Lachlan Ilias, halfback for the Rabbitohs last week, did not kick the ball once in the yeah, game. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Um, and I know there's been a bit of criticism surrounding Lachlan Ilias. There were even reports this week that the fact that they're playing the Tigers this week has saved his spot in the team and Latrell Mitchell's back. And, um, you know, a lot of talk amongst the fans is that, you know, Latrell's back, he'll combine with Cody, everything will be fine and it'll make the attack look good and it'll save Lachlan Ilias. So there's a lot of questions there surrounding his credentials as a half. These are the games where I'd expect someone like him to stand up. My concerns are that that might not come natural for Lachlan. He's coming up against like Luke Brooks. I think the shuffle in the forward pack of Diarra going to prop is um, intentional this week, specifically for the uh, the Tigers. They've got a big pack. They've got a really good pack. But um, South have to win. But if, if, it, if the last few weeks weren't must-win games, this one definitely is a must-win game. So the desperation for South to make the eight should be there, coming up against a team they're expected to, to beat. Um, South have to win. Next game, this is an absolute belter. This one's at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. So um, not the, the usual um, Amy Park, I think, is the uh, official sponsor there at the Storm home ground. Marvel Stadium, just outside of town there, the bigger, bigger stadium there. The Storm are going to host the Eels. Massive game for both teams here. Um, team news... The Storm have young Tonopia and Marion Seve uh, in the centres this week. We're used to seeing Smith and Olam in the centres there. Um, Big Nelson, a surfer Salomona, out for, with a finger injury. So we're actually seeing there uh, Tom Eisen, who's starting in the back row. Tarek Sims suspended. Uh, Katoa back in from an eye injury. We're also seeing... Um, Young Torren Wisher there on the um, on the bench this week. So a few changes for the Storm. They're not quite there at full strength. Uh, Davies starting to replace Sean Lane. That was a nasty injury and an unfortunate one for Sean Lane, who's a great player. He uh, dislocated his elbow the other day against the Cowboys. And um, I mentioned earlier on in the podcast that Joey Lusick's coming back. He's in the team this week, so uh, straight into the firing line, heading down to Melbourne for um, Lusick of the Joey variety. Um, 
Big game for both teams here. You could one could argue though, Griffo. Both teams desperate for a win. Storm to try and push for that top four. Eels for top eight. Storm down on a few troops though. Should be an interesting, interesting clash. Tough one to pick. Mm. Um, yeah, as you say, both teams are missing some key players. Um, that storm center pairing looks like uh, an area for Para to attack. Um, they've got their regular centers there. Um, Will Bensini and, and Bailey Simonson with being both in good form. Um, I'm going to stick with the home side, but with no confidence. When I heard today that Big Nelson was out, as well as the two centers, um, it, it really did make me uh, think about this one. Um, Paris still missing RCG. Um, Doggy Brown still out. Uh, and, um, and then, as you mentioned, the injury to Sean Lane. Yeah. Um, not for the first time this year he's been injured. So they're well down on uh, on their best side. Um, you've got Monster, Hughes, and Harry Grant there for the Storm. Um, and the Eels' big guns of Moses Gutherson. Um, I think maybe Monster and uh, Jerome Hughes will get the storm home. But uh, I say that with without too much confidence. Um, Graham, what, what do you think? I'm, I'm with you. I'm tipping with caution here. The safe tip and the tip that I'm going to go with is the storm, but it's it's very difficult. Like You're not, you're not going to argue with someone who says, yeah, but Parramatta, um, both these teams have their, their injury concerns and... I know I've only got a couple of minutes here, but uh, one player we haven't really talked a lot about, and there were, there was talk today. I don't think it's official. I don't know what you're hearing about Josh Hodgson and his neck injury. Um, there's a lot of talk that this could even be not only season-ending, but career-ending. Yeah, so, he's had a lot of injuries over the last few years. Yeah, oh. I mean, but you look at their, as I said, you look at their list there. They've got, you know, Lane, Hodgson, Sevo, Campbell, Gillard. We know... Dylan Brown's out for another little while. William Greg's out. So both teams affected by um, by injury and suspension and so on and so forth. It's um, it's, They're an interesting team, the Storm. They're not the Storm that we, we know from years gone by, but no. they're still the Storm. And I know that doesn't mean much when you, you're trying to tip them. I'm expecting a lot of points in this game. We know the Eels are good for uh, scoring points. And I think that the Eels, they're probably their best when they play that expansive football. We know that forwards like uh, Jermaine Hopgood, he loves an offload. He's the type of player that, you know, if they don't wrap him up, he'll open it up for, for the likes of Gutherson backing up and so on and so forth. I'm sticking with the Storm. I just think also, too, they've just... Oh, far out. I think both teams are just so down on troops and their forwards. 
It'll be so interesting to see. It's going to come down massively to the, the halves as well. Munster and Hughes uh, have, have gone really well. I don't think we talk enough about Nick Meany and the com- contribution he's made. Yeah, he's been good, yeah. Yeah. Um, Storm at home, I'm tipping in this one, but yeah, the Eels have a lot to play for here, so uh, this will be a great game to watch. Gee, there's some good footy this weekend. Um, and the good footy continues on Saturday, 3 p.m., uh, this game's at Canberra, GIO Stadium. The Raiders will be hosting the Knights. Um, the Raiders, we know they'll they'll be smarting after coming off that game against the um, the Warriors. They came home late and uh, got done in Golden Point. Uh, good news for Corey Horsburgh and the Raiders. He will be free to play. We know he was charged with country conduct the other night. So, um, look, they had a great night out. They they could very well have won that game. When it goes to goal points, a flick of the coin. So, Ricky Stewart sticking with the same players that got the job done. Uh, for the Knights, uh, Saifedi of the Daniel variety. He's going to miss the game due to a thigh strain. Um, Saifedi of the Jacob variety is going to replace him. So, that's pretty much the only change. And you wouldn't change too much here. Griffo, because the Knights are coming off a win against the Storm. Um, But the Raiders, they'll be looking to bounce back, and we know it's always a very tough road trip when you head down to Canberra. Yeah, it is. Um, But I'm going to go for the upset, I guess, and go for Newcastle. Uh, They're in really good form. Uh, Kalen Ponga um, is the standout player out of the uh, 34 and uh, I think uh, I think he can get the Knights home um, their forwards have been aiming up uh, obviously uh, Daniel Saifiti is a loss for them um, and, and Canberra's strength I guess is their forward pack but uh, I think the Knights can probably match them there Um Timico's been uh, really good for Canberra, damaging ball runner. Um, but none of the other backs worry me too much. Um, Bradman Best, we know, has been in great form. Dom Young, Marju, they're, they're all scoring tries. And uh, I think uh, uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Newcastle. Uh, I like I like what they've been doing in the last few weeks, so I'll go with them, Graham. I'm very tempted to to go along with you. Um, I was having a look at the Raiders, and we we fall into this trap where we talk about the Raiders at home and just how you know how tough it is to to play them at home. Um, They've, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm going back a while, but I, I'm just remembering back to that Manly game where Manly put 40-something on them at home, and they do, the Raiders do have, I think the, the Warriors also put 30-something on them. The Raiders have it in them to concede a big score, and when I say big score, like concede 30-something points. 
the Knights have it in them to score that many points. And I actually think the Knights, they're, they're on a real confidence high. I, I look at players like like Ponga. I feel like he's got something to prove after the origin. Uh, you know, non-selection. Bradman Best has come out of state of origin and looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, anyone who wants to, to question his uh, inclusion there, go for it. This is a flip of the coin. Oh, gosh. I'm with you. I'm going to go to the Knights in this one. I like the footy they're playing right. at the moment. I do. I really like the footy they're playing at the moment. Um, I don't know if there's... Yeah, I mean, the Raiders pushed the Warriors the other week. I just worry that the Raiders, whilst... I don't know. I just worry that the Raiders may not have the defense to hold the Knights to under 20 points. And um, the Raiders have it in to score those points. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go to the Knights. I'm going to go to Newcastle on this one. So there you go. Pen, put, put it in pen. Raiders will probably win there after we both tipped up sets. But yeah, no, I'm, I actually was... Earlier on the week was thinking Raiders, but uh, no, pretty keen on the Knights there. Uh, this next game here, we're going to Wollongong. Uh, Wynn Stadium will be the venue for the Dragons hosting the Seagulls. Uh, the Dragons haven't had an awesome year, but we know they came off a win last week. Manly, too, had an interesting game uh, getting out to a really good lead against the Sharks last week. Um didn't quite get chased down. They got the uh, got the win there. Um, the uh, really the only change for the for the Dragons, um, as we said, Moses and Byer saying bye bye to the club. So he'll be missing this week. Um, Jake Trebojevic passed his HIA after the head knock against the Sharks. Um, Paseka, Alloway, Lodge, Sipley, all starting this week. And another thing I should mention here, um, real victim of the uh, RLPA uh, media ban, I suppose, Daily Cherry Evans. We haven't heard a lot about it this week because there hasn't been much in the media and Obviously, no post-match interviews and this and that and the other. It's been a little bit of media about it, but obviously um, has been lost in the shuffle a bit. Daly Cherry Evans, 300th game this week. Uh, massive achievement. Obviously, looking forward to your tip here, um, Griffo. But um, Daly Cherry Evans, the 49th player to play 300 games. And in addition to that, another massive achievement, I reckon, Um He's only the 19th player in the history of Rugby League to play all 300 games for one club. So, um, yeah, 300th game there. Lock and Croker also playing his 100th game, but massive achievement. Uh, not many get over 300. No, oh, it's a great achievement uh, for DCE. Uh, and as you say, uh, rather rare um, that, uh, you know, doing it all for the one club. So... Uh, he had great success early, uh, 
in his rookie season or second season, he won a comp. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been uh, generally pretty competitive uh, over the last decade or so while he's been there. Um, I uh, I think a couple of the guys you mentioned uh, might be out, though. Uh, you talked about Osceola and Paseca. No? Yeah, they're both out. Oh, sorry. Paseca and Eloy are out and Lodge and Sipley coming in. My yeah. mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're significant outs um, for Manly. But, uh, yeah, the signing of, uh, of Lodge, I guess, you know, was proven to be a, uh, a wise one uh, with, with a couple of their props, their starting props missing. Uh, I think they'll win this game. Um, they've got more to play for than, than what, uh, what St. George Illawarra do. Um, their season is still viable, but it's, uh, it's basically over if they lose this game. Um, most other teams have beaten the Dragons and Manly have to do that and I think they will um, it's a it's it's a good side on paper Manly um, the, yes they're missing a few but I think the guys they have got will um, be able to get the job done uh, the Dragons had a win last week against the West Tigers I didn't see all of that game but uh, <coughs> Um, yeah, it was the West Tigers. Uh, too much to play for, Manly, and, I, and I'm going to go with them this week, Graham. Yeah, I'm with you. Too much to play for and too many points in them. Um, the Dragons, we know, haven't been in great form this year, and they're also a team, too, that, um, you know, against good sides, they'll, they'll leak some points. I mean, we know they beat the Tigers last week and had the bye prior to that. But uh, in the games before that, when they came up against top eight teams, they leaked 36 against the Raiders, 52 against the Sharks, 48 against the Warriors. Mainly showed last week they can score points, and the Dragons have shown us over the last month or two they struggle to keep them out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Manly, and I agree with you. Manly will now have a bit of a sniff. Last week was a big turning point for them. They'll be able to um, smell blood in the water, no pun intended, after beating the Sharks. So uh, they'll, they'll think they're a fair chance of making the eight, and they've got to believe that uh, if they're going to motivate themselves the rest of the year. So I'm going manly. Okay, our next game this week will be Saturday evening, 7.35pm. Penrith yet again at home at Penrith Stadium, uh, Blue Bet Stadium, as it's... Uh, as it's called officially, taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Um, the Panthers, Spencer Lenu, um, he's been replaced on the bench by Matt Eisenhuth. I think it's a knee injury for that one. Yeah, um, uh, talking about four weeks on the sidelines yeah. for Spencer, which is uh, big uh, a big loss. Um, yeah, uh, he's a loss. He's... Uh, Arguably the best bench forward in the NRL. Um, but uh, Matt Eisen has uh, been 
a consistent performer whenever he's uh, been called upon. Um, yeah, filled in very well throughout, not only this year, yeah. but, you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Isaac uh, Tago also are still out. Yeah. So uh, Peachy will stay. All I've heard is it's a minor knee, a minor leg injury. I, I don't know what part of the leg. Well, it was a surprise omission last Sunday, and he's yeah. still out. So that one's a mystery because they haven't come out and said he's got calf injury, he's got knee injury, he's got. They haven't said what it is. It's quite unusual, which makes me think uh, maybe it's a bit more serious than than, uh, than what we know. Um, anyway, bit of a mystery. Uh, he was uh, the form center over a few yeah. weeks. He was carving up. Um, it was a loss. Uh, Peachy's been good in his uh, absence. Uh, and he filled in for Crichton before that. Um, and I say he's been good in attack. Uh, still a concern. And I'm sure the Sharks will target Tyrone Peachy. Problem for the Sharks is they've got massive defensive problems of their own. Um, so uh, the out on the uh, the edge, I think it's the left edge, where they changed a number of players. Uh, they they dropped uh, Matt Moylan. They relegated Talakai to the bench, uh, and uh, last week things maybe even got worse. Uh, in defence, out wide on that left-hand side, uh, as Manley targeted and scored many, many tries. So I think uh, we'll certainly be uh, seeing Penrith doing likewise. Um, the Sharks, they're looking for a big scalp, obviously. They they are getting a lot of criticism now um, about the fact that they can't beat the good sides we did expect them to beat Manly because uh, they generally were beating sides lower on the ladder out of the top eight. Well, now they're, they're playing the number one side. Um, it's the only time they play Penrith this year. We've talked about the draw being a little bit favourable <laughs> yeah. for the Sharks. Uh, the reality is if they can come out and win this game, uh, a lot of the talk, a lot of the criticism that uh, has been levelled at them will be silenced and um, so the challenge is there for them I'm sure their coach will be using that as motivation but uh, I, I do think Penrith will be a little bit too strong uh, even though Penrith are missing one or two guys um, Panthers Graham yeah now I'm I'm with you uh, the Panthers Definitely to win this one and just also two to update for the Sharks team. As you said, um, Trindle's there at 5'8". Moylan, 18th man. Wade Graham back in. Um, he's in there after a toe injury. He's in the second row. Um, Calhoun had that early guilty plea after the dangerous contact charge. The other player that they're also missing, Dale Fadukan. He's a massive player. He's a big part of this team. Um, so... I um I think the Sharks I'm I'm with you. They're coming up against a team playing in the top eight. They're coming up against a quality team. 
they struggled every time they come up against a quality team. And the Penrith Panthers, not only are they hitting good form, they do have a couple of players out, yes, but we haven't really talked about the impact of having Nathan Cleary back in the side has had. Um, they were great last week. They were just... They ran rings around the Bulldogs, as you'd expect. You've got one of the best teams in the league playing against one of the teams that struggles. They've got so much depth that even when they've got a couple of players out that um, they, they cover it. You talked about uh, Eisenhuth and the role he's played over the last couple of years, coming in, playing anywhere in the forward pack that he's basically needed and doing a great job. Um, I think the Panthers will win this one. I think the Panthers... I'm not going to say they're going to win comfortably. I, I expect them to win. I don't have the confidence that Sportsbet have. You're going to laugh at this one because I know you're not a betting person. Sharks are paying $6.70 to win this game. Right. <laughs> so the Panthers, uh, if you like a punt, not worth it. They're only $1.11. So, yeah, but That's that, really I think, weird for a top eight side. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think it just, um, the only reason we mention it is because it just shows where some of the the thought is around um, how dominant Penrith have been at the moment and they're really firming as the, the team to beat in this premiership. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely tipping the Panthers in this one. I think that's All right, on Sunday, 2 o'clock's the first game that we're going to have on uh, Sunday afternoon. The Bulldogs... Technically at home, you're going to love this one. Yeah, one of us is anyway. Um, The Bulldogs technically at home here against the Dolphins in Bundaberg. Yet again, another Sydney team going up to Queensland, playing a Queensland team uh, for that home game. So it'll be interesting to see what impact that has. Um, Viliame Kikau, he's obviously back on deck. Josh Adokar, Jacob Preston, um, also back on deck. Um, Toby Sexton at halfback alongside Matt Burton. They've got, they got quite a few players here. Um, Liam Knight, I've noticed he, uh, he's in the reserves list, so you never know what could happen there. Um, for the Dolphins, the Hammer, he's back at fullback after a couple of games playing in the centres. Nikarima then will go to 5-8. Uh, Milford to the bench. Tafare's the new centre. Uh, Mar- Jeremy Marshall King back at um, Hooker. He's been great for them this year, so he's a key player in this team. Um, Ray Stone out with a broken hand. Bromwich at lock. Uh, Wallace... Good to go after, um, obviously, he had some issues with uh, the judiciary, but he should be sweet. He's on the bench this week. So both teams, you could probably argue, have some personnel coming back, Um, especially the dogs. I mean, we know Jacob Preston was late scratching last week. They were very disappointing, though, weren't they? Um, In their their last start, the Bulldogs, uh, the Dolphins... I know it's always hard to get form off the bye, but we can often assume that they're going to be fresh. Um, not sure what the psychology is for a team coming back off a bye, feeling fresh after a week of training, coming up against a team that got lapped by 
30 odd points. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, my thoughts are that the Bulldogs look stronger with the, the inclusions that you mentioned. Uh, Viliami Kikau listed in the second row. Um, and uh, the Fox returns also. Uh, this this is not a bad looking Bulldogs outfit now. Um, the Dolphins, as you say, boosted by the return of probably the guy that's been their most consistent player when uh, when he's not been injured in, in uh, Marshall King. Um, I am going to do something that I've rarely done this year. Oh, no. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs. The dolphins. No. Oh, the Dolphins. <laughs> tip the Dolphins. Um, yeah. In no, saying that, if I'd tip the Bulldogs, tipped either of them much. it wouldn't have been rarely as well. But I, I do think that Bulldogs are a hope. Um, this is, again, one of these situations where a Sydney club is taking mm. their home game to... Brisbane, oh, sorry, not to Brisbane, to Queensland, Underberg. So uh, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm not sure how far it is from uh, from Redcliffe. But I know it's a lot closer to Redcliffe than what it is to Belmore. Um, yeah. I, I don't quite get it. Um, yes, the Bulldogs' home ground is a core, but uh, we know they do play some home games at Belmore. And I think there would have been a better chance of winning there. Um, I'm going to go Dolphins simply because they're a more consistent uh, team. Um, I do think uh, I do think Balance Tafare is a target for uh, for opposition. Uh, yes, he can create a break, and he's difficult to stop close to the line, but. He's too slow in the defense, and uh, I think there's an opportunity there for the Bulldogs um, to score points. But uh, Dolphins, Grants? Yeah. Um, definitely closer to Redcliffe. Uh, I think it's still about a four-hour drive, and even if you are on a plane, it's a fair trip from Sydney because uh, you'll have to stop over at Brisbane. So, um, yeah, it's a fair trip for both of these teams. Um, so I'm not going to worry about the home ground advantage. I'm going to tip the Dolphins in this one. Am I? Gee, I don't know. This is another one of those games, and I know we sound like a broken record here, where I look at the teams on paper, and I look at who the dogs have, and I think, they they could beat that team. There's no doubt they could beat them. The question but is, will, will they? they Shivers. Oh, the... Oh. I'm going to go Dolphin. Dolphins are the safer team. There it is. But, geez, I don't know why. This is not around just... that I've got to use my Joker, Graham. There's a lot of... A lot no, of no, I would not recommend the Joker being used this week. 
Um, let's put it down to a, I think a, I think a dominant forward pack for the the Dolphins and a fullback from the Dolphins also, who is an absolute excitement machine and a total freak. So, I'm going to go. Um, Yeah, Dolphins, and I'm going to be very confident that the Hammer scores one of their tries. So, geez, tough one this week. Next game, we've got an all-Queensland affair with the Titans hosting the Cowboys uh, on the Gold Coast, 4.05pm. So this is that sort of game of the day on the Sunday. Um, Stimson back in the starting side for the Titans. Um, Haas uh, is going to change the, going to the interchange bench. Um, Tino still out. Keep in mind, Isaac Liu at prop. Um, last week Randall sort of came in and they did the switcheroo, but uh, we'll see how we go with that. Aaron Clark. We talked about this the other week um, with you know the 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 hooker playing lock sort of thing. So. We'll see how that all all uh, pans out with Sam Verrills obviously wearing the number nine. Um, this is a big one. Jeremiah Nane, four to six weeks with an AC joint injury. So that's the um, acromiocapicular joint. So uh, your acromion process and your clavicle, that's pretty much right on the front point of your shoulder there. So um, yeah, four to six weeks. That's a big blow for them. Um Griffin Neem also noticed there he uh he's out he failed his HIA so look there's a couple of big blows there for the Cowboys uh we've been talking about how they've hit form and they're they're coming through um couple of forwards that are going to be out Titans last week I think the Gold Coast fans will sum that up as uh, a disappointing outing against the Roosters though. Yeah, um, uh, I'm pretty confident the Cowboys win here. Uh, and uh, is this the last game of the round? Yeah, I think I'm going to actually go for yeah. the uh, Cowboys. I'm going to put them down as my joker Ooh. for this week. I was interested um, to see where you go with that. Yeah, um, I'm confident that they win the game. Uh, the Gold yeah. Coast, I do expect we'll score some points. But uh, we do know that they can leak. Um, and uh, I do expect that uh, with the likes of Scott Drinkwater, Tom Deard, and uh, in the opposition, I think uh, it's something that the Gold Coast will struggle with. Um, Jojo Fafita, uh, pretty good ball in hand, but he does not read the defense well. Um, he's been playing uh, mostly on the wing. They've got him this time in the centres, and I don't know that, uh, that that's a good thing. Um, I'm going to uh, expect that. The Ca- Look, the Cowboys, irrespective of who they've been playing, in, uh, you know, in recent weeks or probably the last couple of months, actually, um, they pretty much win. Uh, they had that nightmare of a game at Leichhardt Oval, uh, but since then, 
Uh, they've been very strong. Um, and I, I do expect they'll win here well. Graham. Yeah, I've got to expect the Cowboys to win this one. Um, they've just been playing so well. They were initially being touted as the disappointment of the season. And then they just, it's almost like they flicked a switch and said, yep, let's kick now. They got everything right. I think there are a few players that we can really put that down to. Um, I think Ruben Cotter this year has been phenomenal. We talked about him in the origin, but he's been really good at club level as well. I also think that one of the biggest superstars of our game and one of the biggest game changers is Scott Drinkwater. Um, yeah, you don't want to give him any space or, or half a sniff. He'll, he'll, he could do anything. So I, I like the Cowboys. I love the way they're playing, and I think that they'll get the job done here and um, get the win. Don't know if I've got as my margin, though. That's... um. It's a, it's a contender. I'm going to tip them for the win. I'll, I think I'll think about who I've got for the margin, but uh, definitely a Cowboys win in this one. All right, so that's um, that's the round. So plenty happening this week in uh, NRL land. Just on top of that, um, just very quickly to go through, and uh, I'll be really interested to see your thoughts, Griffo, um, bit of a retrospective, obviously, from some of the scores last week of the NRLW. We saw wins to the Titans over the Cowboys, the Knights over the Dragons, Roosters over the Broncos, big win to the Tigers over the Eels, and the Sharks winning over the Raiders. Uh, this week, we've got Brisbane taking on the Titans, Raiders taking on the Roosters, Dragons taking on the Eels, Knights taking on the Cowboys, and the Sharks taking on the Tigers. Um, just want to get your thoughts on um, you know some of the NRLW action last week and uh, some of the things you might think would be worth looking out for this week. Uh, yes, yeah, some impressive performances. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to see too much. I, I watched the whole of the uh, Broncos v Roosters game. Um, it's not live, but... Uh, um, later on, or, or the next day, um, probably. Um, and I was impressed with the Roosters. Uh, the scores were reasonably tight in the first half. Um, the Roosters scored some more tries, but weren't converting any. Most of them scored out wide. Uh, but they look really good. They're stacked, absolutely stacked. Um, they did have an injury. Uh, Amber Hall, a big... Uh, off-season sign-in from the Broncos is out for the season. Um, so that is a loss for the Roosters, but uh, I still think uh, they should be very short price favourites to win the competition. And uh, the Raiders, I didn't see their game last week. I know they lost, um, but uh, it's a standout there, the Roosters. They're one fifteen to win this game. Um, Broncos uh, currently listed at ninth. Uh, they go in as favourites against the Titans. The Titans, who had a win, um, I think probably will see the Broncos. They 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 did some good things last week, um, but uh, 
they were up against a, a very tough opposition. And then, uh, they, of course, as you mentioned, they were down to uh, 12 players with the winger uh, being sent from the field, and rightly so, um, for Bighton. So they're missing a few. Um, Robinson, the winger, is also out with injury. Um, they got uh, the interesting uh, centre there, uh, Mele Hafanga. Um, we saw her in the World Cup for the New Zealanders. Uh, she's a powerhouse in attack, almost uh, unstoppable, uh, but defensively not quite so good. Um, she she will line up against uh, Jamie Chapman. Um, the Gold Coast is going to push them. They've got good side, uh, the likes of uh, uh, Palete, the fullback, Chapman. Um, Emily Bass is a good player on the wing. Fui Mayono not listed this week, uh, uh, so she must have been injured last week. I, I didn't see their game, but I'm going to stick with the Broncos there. Um, they've still got a very good side. What do you think, Graham? Broncos, Titans? Yeah, you'd think the Broncos in this one. Um, the... It's almost feeling like with this competition, you've got a few of the marquee clubs, like, and they might, you know, like your your Broncos, your Roosters are there, um, you know, even to a certain extent, like the Knights, like some of those teams have been been there for a while, but the Broncos, as you said, they've got some um, some talent across the park there, um, and, 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 you know, it's all, it's all going to come around. Uh, Ali Brigginshaw there, we know what she's capable of. So I think the Broncos in that one are going to be the um, the team to beat, um, especially last week. Uh, you know, we saw them come up against t- tough competition. I know some people might look at it very sim- simply and say, oh, they lost last week. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute, but that, that Roosters team, is they're something else. So uh, don't let that deter you uh, when you're looking at your... Tips this week for the um, the round two, um, yeah. So that 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 probably then take us to the Saturday game, uh, where the Roosters do play. They were really impressive last week. This week they come up against the Raiders. We talked last week about just how stacked this team is. This Roosters team. I mean, it's it's they're going to be so hard to beat, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think they're going to win quite significantly this this game um the raiders have got a few can we pick them for our margin (laughs) (laughs) well that's a good yeah (laughs) you're tipping them every week graham Um, yeah they they, as i said they did lose uh hall um who's uh you know a, a big player in 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 so many ways um but uh it's still a high quality seventeen that they're putting on the field, so uh, I don't think uh, they're going to be troubled too much at all by the Raiders. Um, um, I'm assuming you're going to agree with that one, Graham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. I mean, um, yeah. And the pretty next much, game. pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah move on. Um, this one here, the next game would be the... This is the Dragons one. Dragons taking on the Eels. Uh, both teams here would be pretty keen to, 
to get a win. Uh, Dragons went down to the Knights. Uh, the Eels, I'm not sure if everyone expected the, the scoreline against the Tigers that they experienced. But um, I think in this game here, um, we've got uh, Jamie Sout. Is he still coaching the, the Dragons? Yeah, he's still there, but most he's of the players there. from last year are gone. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of personnel moving on here, but they've still got uh, their coach. I think a lot of people will be keen on the Dragons here in this one, um, but you know, the Eels will be looking to to bounce back. Um, we do know that they've got some quality there. Um, McGregor at halfback um, last year. She was she played the the tournament last year. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was playing with the Roosters. That's right. So um, you know, obviously, we know that they've got some some proven talent there uh, in the side. They'll be looking to bounce back. I think we've got two teams here that are going to be keen to bounce back after last week. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Dragons will probably be be favourites going into this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, probably. Um... Unknown, really. Um, the dragons are the favourites, but Para, um, their big off-season sign-in, Elsie Albert, missed the game last week, and she's still out. Yeah. And their other big sign-in, the halfback, uh, who was the Origin halfback in game one, um, Rachel Pearson. Uh, she missed the game and she's still out. Uh, they got a new half back again this week, Rose Marie Beckett, who's oh. uh, a bit of a surprise packet because she don't even have a photo listed, um, whereas all yeah, the other true. players do. So, um, yeah, I just can't. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Dragons, but but I'm not confident because uh, most of those players I'm not familiar with. Uh, They've they just virtually got rid of every single player. Um, when I say got rid of, um, whether it was that or they wanted to leave, I don't know. But uh, I don't know how you can, you know, have almost a Such complete a turnover. Complete turnover. Um, mm. Ticket Berry, the fullback, was on the wing for them last year, and and I. There might be one or two others that were there, but I can't confidently say any of the other starting 13 or indeed the girls on the bench were part of the the 17 last year. Um, Yeah, Yeah, hard to 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 explain that. Uh, Especially now 10 teams, there's a lot of new players coming in that we're not familiar with, so... You might get a better gauge come, you know, yeah. sort of round. There, there was one player from the Eels who I was quite impressed with. That was the winger, Zali Fay, who scored a few yep. tries. Uh, good, uh, good pace from her. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, I'm really not sure who's going to win this. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to go flip dragons. a coin, and it's going to come up dragons. Yeah. yeah, dragons are at home. I think a lot of people are going to go with that. I think this one here, a lot of people might be a bit more confident in who might possibly win on Sunday when the Knights uh, play against the Cowboys. This one's a Belmore sports ground. Um, bit of an interesting venue. I'm not 
sure. Is, is it a doubleheader? It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. I was going to say, off. yeah, is this one of those? Yeah, they're, they're playing before the Tigers-Sharks game. So um, the Knights are playing the Cowboys in this game here. Uh, as I said before, um, the Knights last week had a good win against the Dragons, put some, um, some good points on. Uh, the Cowboys went down. Uh, they only scored... I think six points in that game so they'll be looking to try and get on the board uh, a little bit more this week um but uh with with the teams in this one we've got um i'm just having a look here the knights i know we've got um jesse southwell she's a, a a name that we're very familiar back, with yep. there at halfback. Hannah Southwell is another yeah. one that we're keeping Just an eye to, on because yeah, she's had... Yeah, she's... Um, she's been out with injury. ACL? She's time. had a yeah, really so. bad injury. Uh, round one last year, she had that. So, you know, and, and this game, I had this game, I had the Knights game the other day. It was... um, What would it have been? Saturday, it would have been. Had it on in the background and we were watching it and I was at a family function kind of thing and and yeah the Knights it just seemed that you know Jesse Southwell she's one of those players that when she gets the ball you're sort of having a look at what happens and you know that you got Tamika Upton in there as well um, there are some players that people will be familiar with from the origin as well in their team um, we talked last week about their forward pack um, uh, the prop Prendabon she's um She's obviously one to keep an eye on. We know Yasmin Kleiss yep. and that. There's some there's some players here that that can really cause the opposition some um, some grief. And the Cowboys are one of those teams too, where I think we're going to learn a little bit more about them because um, you know we we like to follow the women's game quite closely. There's a lot of players in this Cowboys team that um, I'm I'm learning a lot about. Uh, at the start of this season that I, I haven't seen play a lot of football before. Yeah. They do have a few familiar names. Um, uh, you know, cheers to the number four, Shelley Long. Shelley um, Long. Isn't that great? <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Surely her mates call her Diane. They've got to. <laughs> well, I'd say they might. I hope um, so. I hope so, as a big fan of the show. Kira Dibb is, is their captain. She's a good player, former uh, origin player for New South Wales. Um, Talisha Harden, former Broncos, and I think she played for the Jillaroos. She's up front. Manzelman was actually uh, uh, a knight last year uh, when they won the comp. She was, she'd was she come off the bench. Very, very handy player. Um Shania Power has been around the game for a while. Uh, Mackenzie Wheel, I'm just trying to think if she was a knight as well last year. But, uh, there's a few players I'm familiar with, but uh, uh, in the knights, I think, while I don't think they're going to beat the Roosters, I think they'll challenge them with Tamika Upton, as you yeah. mentioned, uh, Jesse Southwell. They're, they're very, very strong. Predabon was a, a benchy last year. She'd come on and 
and just create havoc. She's now a starter in the front row. Caitlin Johnson playing in the second row. We know know her more as a front rower. Um, Clydesdale's obviously a very good player, current origin player. Roman Nuke was, uh, again, one that would mainly come off the bench last year, but a very good player as well. Um, and uh, Nita Maynard, I think, former Kiwi hooker. Um, interesting to see if, if, if Hannah Southwell does return. Um, mm. She's, you know, she's a Jillaroo uh, over a number oh, yeah. of years. She's been a, a great player. Um, good to see her back. Um, if not in the 17, we know she'll be there eventually. Um, she and I usually think... play, she usually plays a lock, doesn't she? She usually. does. She's yeah. Forward, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's depth there. They're not as strong as they were last year, but it's still a very good side. Um, and I think they probably will form the uh, the biggest stumbling block to the Roosters. But I, I just think, uh, yeah, they're going to... I can't see them beating the Roosters, but I do expect them to beat the Cowboys this week, Graham. Yeah, I think they'll beat the Cowboys for all those reasons you said above. And... Really, if it's not going to be the Knights challenging for the Roosters, the only other team I can think of from what we've seen so far might be the Broncos. But uh, I think it's fair for you to say that the the Roosters are very clear favourites in this competition. The Knights, not too far behind. Got a lot of experience, a lot of class there. A lot of players that we know can um, can get the job done. Good balance side. Um yeah, I think they'll do really well this week. That's another game where could very well be uh, a big one here, but we'll see how we go. Um, yeah, nice to win win well in that one. And um, the, the final game of the round, the West Tigers taking on the Sharks. The Tigers, for me, um, looking at last week's game and and the results and the performances, uh, they were the, the real surprise packet for me. I um, not, not necessarily that they won, but, um, you know, more so the fact that they won so convincingly. And I think technically, if we look at the ladder, they are coming first. So they'll claim that uh, based on the for and against uh, last week. They got a points differential of plus 28. They come up against the Shark side this week, who I think they'll be pretty confident, the Sharks, after their big win last week, 28-14 to, to 14 over the Raiders. We know that uh, both these teams have a lot of points in them. Um, should be a should be an entertaining game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, obviously, the Tigers performed well last week. Um, can score tries. There's, uh, there's, there's talent there. Uh, the Sharks are listed as reasonably strong favorites in this game hmm. um they got some talent in that in that back line to, you know like penitani yeah, yeah. um ton of Gata, taylor yeah, yeah yeah there's there's andy robinson um yeah i i don't know much about taylor preston the halfback um i think quincy dodd is a good player we know she's comes off the uh the bench for the Blues. Um, yeah, this is a game that appeals. Um, I don't know enough about the Sharks. I did see 
I saw the first half of the Tigers game uh, when they created lots of chances but didn't convert, but then they they certainly did in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the Tigers, uh, but uh, with no confidence. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen the Sharks yet, so... Yes. Um, but Tigers good last week, but... Um... Sharks also good. I th- I think that uh, this would be a real test for the Tigers. The Sharks they um they scored a lot of points, and it was it just felt like with the Sharks, even though technically like you know the Warriors, not the Warriors, the Tigers I should say, um, you know won by a bigger margin on the weekend. It was the way in which um, yeah, they. I think that was only about. 10 minutes till half time and they already had three tries on the board and the, the Raiders hadn't hadn't quite scored yet. I think they're one of those teams that you, you're going to look out for. Um, uh, I remember watching a little bit of this game and seeing um, Dodd score a couple of tries. Um, she was really impressive in, um, in that game too. So, yeah, tough one. Tough one to pick. Obviously, we don't have a lot to go off, but um, I, I think the Sharks might might beat them. Um, I just think looking at it, I, I, I really like the the forward pack from the Tigers and what I saw for them last week. Um, but yeah, as we said, they there were some question marks, especially in that first half about them getting over the line. Um, whereas I, I actually really like the back line from the the Sharks. I think they got a lot of points in them, and. Um, yeah, so definitely one to watch, definitely one to, to keep an eye on, and um, please do support the women's game. There's some really great women's um, football going on at the moment, obviously, in the NRLW. There's the Women's World Cup and the soccer happening. It's a great time for, for women's sport in Australia here, and um, the only way it gets even better is if we continue to support it. All right, I think that might just about do us, mate. I think we've covered everything inside out, back to front. Um, Massive week of footy, though. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, Women in league round. Obviously, we haven't mentioned a lot about that this week, so um, we know that uh, some of the clubs will be wearing the special jerseys. There's going to be, obviously, special things happening for women in league rounds, not only supporting NRLW, but supporting the women in league round. And... um, you know, at all levels of the game, acknowledging uh, the women that um, contribute to the game and make our game as great as it is because we obviously can't do it without those people. So um, definitely a worthwhile initiative there and something to, to keep in mind um, for this week. But uh, I think, um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of talking points this time next week, Griffo. I think especially when we look at the draw for this week, We'll learn a lot about the Roosters and Broncos tomorrow. We'll learn a lot about the Storm and Eels this week. Um, we'll learn a lot about the Raiders and the Knights. There's just so many games this week. Just about every game this week is tough to pick, and there's some some sort of implication. So, yeah, jump on board. Definitely have a look at the Rugby League this week. Support your team. And, um, yeah, I, I can't wait because I think it's going to be an absolute belt to around. Yep. Yep. Look forward to it. <laughs> Not much else to say, is there? Other than to say goodbye. Thank you for.
being a part of the show. Um, we really appreciate your support. Good luck to your team this week. Hopefully you go all right in your tips. Um, wouldn't recommend using the Joker this week. And I'm going to say something I may regret, but I'm locking it in. I think I'm going to go south for my margin. South for the margin. Well, I'm not even sure they'll win. Uh, <laughs> I'll tip them. Tigers. I, th- I think it's going to be popular, Greg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to yeah. stick you know, they, they Literally, they could win by 40. They uh, could. They could they're also they're lose by 10. That's <laughs> possible. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 B